Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. to First Strike here on Leeson. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Got a great show lined up today, as always, as we prepare for Corey Sandhagen against Marlon Chito, Chito Vera. Should be a really good main event between Chito and Sandhagen. We're going to have Nick Likas join us here in just a couple minutes. Going to have Lou Finicaro join us, Kevin Ioli, and Nick Deus is going to join us as well. Very quickly, a postscript to UFC 286. Wow, judging certainly was at the, uh, I know there are a lot of questions about judging in certainly in the main event. For the record, I was on Leon Edwards as over a $2 dog, but I did score the fight a draw after Leon Edwards was penalized the point, but the judges saw it differently, and he remains still the welterweight champion after beating Kamaru Usman uh, via decision there. The Justin Gaethje fight against uh, Rafael Faziv, absolutely a banger. That one went the distance as well, a surprise to many. And Gaethje back in the title picture with that decision victory. So we'll get some some thoughts on scoring as we go on this one here and how it might affect some of your wagers as you get into this fight night. Again, a pretty good one on tap. Let's get to Nick Likas right here, the man who sets the numbers behind me that you see at Circus Sportsbook for all of the boxing events and certainly mixed martial arts as well. Uh, Nick, great to have you again uh, back here on First Strike. Very quickly, you are one of the guys that kind of warned the public about jumping on Kamaru Usman against Leon Edwards saying, hey, this is a pretty live dog at over a two-to-one betting underdog. And the judges saw it that way. I know judging is always controversial. When you set the numbers, you can't really take that into account, but I think the betting public needs to. Absolutely. I mean, that's, like I said, on many shows, including on first strike, judging is probably the most difficult part about betting MMA because there's been so many crazy decisions. And it's just not these last few years. I know it's coming to the forefront, but it's been like that historically. So that is the biggest issue about betting on MMA. It's just you never know with the variance of judging. And again, you can follow Nick as I do on Twitter at Fight Odds. Does a great job of setting those odds here. When you get to this week's event, Nick, and this should really be a banger in the belt and uh, bantamweight division here. Uh, whenever you have Cheeto Vera back inside the octagon against a guy like Corey Sandhagen, we feel like a guy that's always right there in the precipice of a title shot. Vera may be taking the harder road to get there. Not saying this is an elimination, but it does feel like there's a lot at stake on this one. What numbers did you set early on and where's the money gone so far? I opened the line a little bit higher on the Sandhagen side, probably five, 10 cents higher than the market was. So minus 165 was my number. And right now, if you look behind you, it's still minus 165 at Circus. There hasn't been a whole lot of action coming in 
on this main event. The line looks to be set appropriately right now. Of course, some of the sharper, bigger betters are probably waiting to pounce on fight day one way or the other. But as of right now, the line has stayed steady. And that's, you know, in a main event spot like, like this, that's not very common to see. Yeah, and I, I wonder, Nick, too, so I'm sure some people out there are going to go, well, you know, if the number moves initially, right, once you set it, that means, quote-unquote, maybe it was a, a number that people felt like they could take advantage of. When you don't see the movement here, I know you are waiting for the bigger players maybe to come in on fight day, but probably means you set a line that's uh, right now the public's having a hard time determining which way to go. I think so, because, I mean, stylistically, these guys match up so well together. It's going to be a competitive fight, and Sanhagen should be a slight favorite. So, yeah, it looks to be the part where everybody's just kind of scratching their heads thinking, man, I, I don't really see the value one way or the other. Again, we saw the totals, and again, in the co-main and the main event at UFC 286, they both went to the judges' scorecards. Maybe a surprise, certainly, in the co-main event. Here, sure. it's anticipated that it might go the distance. If you want to play it that way right now at DraftKings, minus eight for the fight to hit the cards. If you want to take a, a, a shorter route here, over 4.5, it is juiced heavily at minus fifty-five. now down to $1.50, so a little bit of money coming back. The plus money right now for under 4.5 rounds at plus 120. Is this the one? Again, we warn people before you make those wagers, the, the numbers are kind of skewing you towards the over and hitting the cards, and that should factor into which side, uh, Vera or Sandhagen, that you might like here. Yeah, I think both these guys are the type of fighters that are so durable. It's hard to get rid of them, so their conditioning is on par, too. So they're going to be there in the long run. So that's why you're seeing this total set so high. Now, that being said, to contradict myself a little bit, they have the finishing ability, too. We've seen that time and time again on both sides of it, especially Vera. He's got that kind of power that is underrated at times. He's able to, especially as the fight progresses, kind of do that damage and, and get the fighters out of there. So I think there is a possibility of a finish here, but I'm just expecting a really close classic battle war that goes five rounds back and forth. Just an awesome fight. So I do think it's a little bit more correlated Sanhagen and over. And then I, I would think if anything, it's probably going to be the Vera side and the under, but both these gentlemen could definitely win on the scorecards or both these gentlemen could definitely finish as well. They have that kind of ability, but I do think more so that the total on the over is probably right. And Nick, to your point, the numbers kind of bear out exactly what you just said. It feels like there's a, the, the marketplace is showing the finishing potential might be higher on the Vera side because KOTKRDQ right now is plus 370, whereas it's 5-1 to one for Sanhagen to get that done by sub. This is interesting to me. Plus 650 for Vera and 950 for Sanhagen. It's not that Sanhagen couldn't get it done on the ground. It just seems like the numbers for the longer of the longer shots is favoring Vera to get that done at plus 650. And then you look at decision here, Nick. If you like Vera by decision – Plus 650 for a guy that right now uh, is a small dog here. Uh, that might be the way to go if you like the Veriside and you think it might hit the cards. It might be the way to go because if you're looking to find value in something that's priced off, that definitely shouldn't be plus 650. I mean, so there is a little bit of value there on the Veriside because I think, again, if the fight goes, I do think that St. Hagen will outpoint Vera. So if it hits the scorecards, I do think it's likely that St. Hagen will edge out a decision. But that being said, again, the damage is what it seems to be scoring a little bit more as we go. And if there's going to be damage inflicted in this fight in rounds three, four, and five, it's probably going to be Vera having his moments. So I could see him maybe stealing a few of the later rounds. And if he's competitive in the first round, yeah. So the value is there probably plus 650. It's just hard to pull the trigger because, again, for me personally, I do think St. Hagen has the edge and he probably will get it on the cards. Yeah, right now, again, minus seventy for San Hagen. I'll be very curious to see where this number goes. I know, Nick, you'll be charting that as well. Let's talk about in the co-main event here, because whenever you have Holly Holm on, on any fight card, 
One of the more popular fighters, obviously, the first one uh, dispatched Ronda Rousey back in the day. Boy, that, that seems like decades ago, and yet Holly Holmes still very relevant here. Uh, and she's going to be a big favorite against Yana Santos here. And I'm always curious when you have a marquee fighter, but she is 41 years, I want to say young, for Holly Holm against Santos here, who's eight years her junior. Does the market just always go to the named fighter? And in this one, Holly Holm, as she's a, a minus 240 betting favorite? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to that. Holly Holm's such a popular fighter. Like you said, she got on another level with her fame and recognition after she did beat Ronda Rousey on top of it all, right? It, deservingly so, man. She's been one of the best female fighters on the planet for years now, and she deserves to be. Let's not forget her boxing, uh, boxing, excuse me, right. boxing background as well. So she is, as far as combat sports goes, she is phenomenal. I mean, she's one of the greatest all-time female participants. So I think... In this situation, the name does carry some value, and people are going to want to bet her in spots like this. Now, the other side of it, though, Kunitskaya, now she got married to Santos, obviously, Thiago Santos, so she changed her last name to Santos. But that's a little confusing for people mm -hmm. as well, right? Like when a name changes like this, they're like, who is that? Do I know that person or whatnot? <laughs> so she was just starting to get some recognition, too. That's the crazy thing. Like she's she's been on a roll. I know that she's had her setbacks here and there, but I'm saying she's fighting at the best she's ever fought in her career right now. So she's probably floating under the radar but still man even at age 41 holly holm is just so tough to get out of there to, to get her out of there to finish her and to beat her on the cards because she's such a smart intelligent fighter she could control you up against the cage she actually has some wrestling to go with her striking she's just a hard out still at this point so i do think holly holm is the rightful favorite we've been keeping it kind of on her side meaning as, as the market catches up to us we kind of increase it a little bit because we'd rather take a little bit of dog action in this spot believe it or not yeah that's fascinating you mentioned that with holly it just feels like Time has kind of stood still for her a little bit with, with John Jones, right? Johnny Jones, now the heavyweight champion of the world. They train together, obviously, Jackson Wink for all those years, and it feels like they're just not going away. Uh, when you look at the total, obviously, this three-round uh, non-title fight here, and it is juiced heavily to the over two-and-a-half rounds, and we know there's normally not as much finishing potential here in the women's side as it seems to be in the men's side. So you got to almost lay three-to-one if you want to play the over here two-and-a-half rounds do you see any finishing p potential for either Kunitskaya, now Santos, or Holly Holm? We know that head kick heard around the world when she got that done in Melbourne many years ago against uh, Ronda Rousey. I think in this spot, it probably, I, I don't think we'll see a finish. If we do, it's probably Kunitskaya, excuse me, Santos, mm -hmm. uh, maybe pulling off the upset win over Holm because we have seen, I mean, she has been knocked out in the past, you know, even in boxing. She's So she has that kind of flaw in her defense, so to speak, where she can be put out. And I think if anything, Kuniskaya Santos is going to be the aggressive fighter here on the feet, trying to land those, you know, harder shots or whatnot. So maybe if we see a finish, it's on the Santos side, but I don't think so. I think Holm is going to kind of stifle um, Santos's offense. Again, kind of utilize what she has to do and fight very smart, put her against the cage, maybe try to get a takedown or two, and then just kind of circle and not point her on her feet. So I do think it's it's going to likely go over, and it's because Holly Holm is going to dictate and control the pace of this fight. Yeah, and back at Bantamweight, by the way, 135, we know that Holly Holm has fluctuated from 145 back to 35. This is at 135-pound limit. I do want to get to another women's fight in this card, and you know I don't know how much longer you can be called the future if you're Macy Barber. At some point, she's got to be the present against Andrea Lee here, and she is a decided favorite here, uh, Macy Barber. What do you make of this number, and have you seen any changes here as we get closer and closer to fight day? We have. I mean, with the fighter like Andrea Lee, again, another popular female yes. fighter that's been – 
very successful in her UFC run overall. She's had, again, another setback here and there. But that being said, she's a phenomenal fighter. And, and again, Macy Barber, we've seen some ups and downs with her as well. But stylistically in this spot, she should have a big advantage on the feet. It's that ground game you got to be worried about if you're Andrea Lee backers. Or I should say, if you're backing Andrea Lee, that's the advantage that she has. So right. Macy Barber is going to be maybe a little bit susceptible on the ground if it does take place there. But it's going to be hard for... I think Andrea Lee to kind of dominate on the ground. I think she's going to have to fight upright. And on the feet, Macy Barber does have an advantage. We've seen some sharp action come in and lay 225-ish all the way. But now it's heading towards minus 300. Whoa. So the sharps are taking this line and betting Macy Barber up. But that being said, I know a lot of sharp opinion is also going to come back and bet the Lee side. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see it come back down a little bit. Because once it gets to a certain point, I mean, a, a lot of times fights like this are going to be extremely competitive if it hits the scorecards. So there's going to be some Lee action coming in for sure. But right now, more sharps are on the barber side. Great stuff as always from Nick Likas. Follow him on Twitter at Fight Odds. Coming back next with Lou Finicaro here on First Strike. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and features for all MMA events. Eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for the full terms and conditions. Rolling along this edition of First Strike here on VEASAN. Dave Ross here at South Point, or excuse me, at Circa Sportsbook here in Las Vegas. Let's get out. To the man in Arizona, you can follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamLou. He is the one and only Lou Finicaro. Lou, always great to get your insight. And, you know, sometimes before we do the show, we'll, we'll peel back the curtain a little bit. We'll say, hey, Lou, like, what do you like? We're trying to get some, some ideas of where you're going to go. The thing that struck me the most was this fight card is down in San Antonio. We've been talking a lot about judging, and I know there's a lot of questions about judging after what we saw in London at UFC 286. How does that affect your handicap knowing where this fight card is taking place? Because I was trying to caution people last week that, hey, the fight card's in England. We know where Rocky Edwards is, and maybe if it's close in the cards, he might get the benefit of the doubt. Totally agree. Thanks for having me on. Uh, We have to understand with Texas, the issue is the state commission 
The state commission, like New York, is tied still very closely to the relationship it had years ago with boxing. It's tainted that way, and we find very dubious calls that can come from Texas and the state of New York. In this fight card, we have like nine of the 13 fights feature athletes from Texas. And so it's important to know which those, which of those athletes are from Texas, which ones aren't, because then we we peel back the onion a little further. What fights are destined for over two and a half or at least lined heavily that way? And then maybe we can derive or ascertain a little value from trying to determine which Texans might be in a good position to get a close call. And Lou, I think what we're always getting at is, and I think you just laid that out perfectly, because judges are human, right? They're in the venue. The crowd's going to pop for their fighters. And sometimes I know you, you, you'd love them to be in a, in a, you know, in a phone booth and the soundproof and you don't hear the crowd, but sometimes that can affect the judges' uh, decisions when they hear the pop of the crowd and in a close fight. That's why we're saying sometimes you have to take that into account in your handicap if you think the fights are going to go to the cards, correct? I totally agree with that. And, and without getting too controversial in Texas and New York, sometimes things happen uh, over and above just crowd response. Absolutely. Let's get to it, Lou, here with the main event, because I do think it's a good one. When you look at Corey Sandhagen, a guy that we feel like is always on the cusp of maybe getting a title shot, and then a guy like uh, Cheeto Vera, we just know how tough he is. And it feels like they throw him guys like, you know, the, the Sean O'Malley, right? And then we saw what he did to Sean O'Malley. He's the first guy to beat him. So you look at him now, an underdog again here, Cheeto Vera, plus $1.45 against Sandhagen. What do you make of that number? Because, again, Sandhagen, even though it's three inches taller, the reach is, is identical, maybe even a slight edge to Vera. Yeah, I think this is a fight that really has conflicting styles, Dave. I look at Vera as being the dog, being the guy that's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he's somewhat well-rounded, but he goes in there and does it with toughness and determination, whereas Sandhagen is a little bit more of an artist, uses space more, and though Sandhagen's reach is an inch shorter, he's an inch taller, so there'll be some leverage there. Surely he's got an inch or two on his legs over Vera, and I just look for the Sandhagen movement, and this is a fight where neither of the combatants are from Texas. We're in the larger cage in San Antonio. I think that the more well-rounded skills, the fact that Sandhagen's been in with a higher caliber opponent, much higher than Cheeto, even though Cheeto's, Cheetah has fought some very competent fighters moving into this fight, I think he's stepping up pretty big in this one. And look for Sandhagen to really have his way with him uh, and I think Sandhagen currently priced is is fair, uh, but still offering a little bit of value. And when you look at the total, again, sometimes the, the, the numbers lead you sometimes to where we think these fights are going to go. It is juiced a little bit right now for over four and a half rounds here. I believe about minus $1.55 is what we're seeing to go over four and a half. If you think the fight's just going to go the distance, almost even money, minus $1.08. So minus $1.50 is what I'm seeing today officially at four and a half. Uh, is there a value then on Sandhagen via decision? Because as you mentioned, the bigger cage there in San Antonio, he should be able to use his space to keep Vera at bay. And maybe is that the right way to go? And you can get some plus money there via decision for Sandhagen. About a plus $1.30 is what I'm seeing right now. 
I think that correlates, Dave. I don't know that I want to go there because I think that Sandhagen, if he could get Cheeto engaged, might get his arms around him one way or another. I think it's logical that the total is four and a half rounds. It's just nowhere I want to go. I look for San Diego to put in a pretty good performance here. Uh, let's talk about the co-main event here because, again, whenever Holly Holm, you get a, a name fighter uh, as a co-main event in a three-round matchup against Yana Santos, of course, former Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, now you've got Holly in there at 41 at minus 240 against Yana. And we know as Kunitskaya, she had some ups and downs here. What do you make of this matchup here? And again, eight years the junior for Santos. Is this a live dog scenario in your eyes? Tough for me. And it's because Santos had a child last year in April. And when we've seen Mackenzie Dern and others come back from having a child, it takes a fight. This is not my lane. Hmm. Uh, and I'm scared of Kunitskaya coming off of being pregnant and having a baby girl. Uh, with Santos a year ago. And so I lean to home as being a legitimate, she's the better fighter. And I lean to her being a favorite, but it's a fight I'm running from. I'll learn more from watching this one. Uh, by the way, it's such a great point. Again, some of those variables outside as Lou's uh, referring to, if you don't want to get involved in the fight, just watch it, handicap it for the next time you see these ladies back in the octagon. Very, very smart advice on your part, let's talk about Macy Barber. Speaking of women against Andrew Lee, this should be a, a pretty good uh, fight as well here on this main card. Look, Macy Barber shows you some things, some really good things, and then sometimes maybe a little bit is, is lacking there. Andrea Lee, we know she wants to buy, maybe try to get this fight down to the ground where Barber might have a weakness. What do you make of Lee now, plus 230, as it's been bet up here for the Barber side, up to almost $3? I'm stunned to be quite honest with you. I, I know they call Barber the future, and I know uh, that she's a good little fighter at 24, but I haven't seen the vast improvement. Uh, Andrea Lee is a cowboy boot wearing girl <laughs> that lives, oh, by the way, she was raised in Houston, lives in Louisiana. The crowd's going to be there for her. This fight is one of the fights I've been talking about, lined at two and a half over 300. Uh, to me, uh, the young, the young cowboy boot wearing, uh, <laughs> I, I want to call her Hill, Andrea Lee. To me, that's a decision bet on her all day long. I love her as a dog. And that fight to me is mispriced. And that's why what we're getting at, think about who the crowd's going to pop for. They're going to pop for Andrea Lee. And if this one hits the cards, Again, you saw it in London. Hold your breath if you're laying almost $3 for the favorite here and Macy Barber. Got about a minute to go. Very quickly, before we get to the Bout Business Podcast, any other fight in this card that you really see value in on a Tuesday? Texas gymnast Haley Cowan is going to fight a little Brazilian that's shaped like a hand grenade. Her name is Vidal. <laughs> Vidal has been in with better. She's explosive. She's a legit mixed martial artist. And the hometown girl is going to get rubbed out in this one. Vidal plus 110, really a, a very interesting underdog, starts the fight card off. Okay, that is a a very – I love that call there earlier on on this main card before we get there. Uh, very quickly, got about a minute to go, Lou. Tell the people about the Bout Business Podcast, what they get each and every Friday, because I know you do your due diligence, certainly when it comes to the weigh-ins. Uh, what are they going to hear when they listen in? 
16 minutes of my final releases. We've been really good as far as what I've released. Fortunately, because the last two main events I've missed in hemispheric fashion, <laughs> fortunately, I haven't wagered on those. So it's how you select the wagers as well as what you wager on. And Dave, I appreciate you having me on and allowing me to mention the Bow Business Podcast. Absolutely, Lou, but very quickly, just in about 30 seconds, tell the people what you mean by that, because I think that's, I, I tried to get this point across last week as well. If you see a fight that you think is missed line, even though you might like the favorite, you can just stay off it because the, there's just not the value in wagering it. Is that what you're getting to? 44 to 46 fight cards a year with 13 to 15 fights per card. There's no loss of fights to bet. It never hurts to pass. Sometimes the best wager is the one not made. Excellent, excellent advice from the one and only Lou Finicaro. Again, give him a follow at Gamble. Lou, we can't wait to catch up again next Tuesday right back here on First Strike. When we come back, Kevin Ioli joins the program. Cannot wait to get his thoughts as well. Rolling along this edition of First Strike here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Start your morning with VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum gives you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movement, injuries, and what you need to be looking at before you make those wagers. So make the VEASAN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Part of my routine during fight nights, if if I'm watching and I like to get some of the experts' opinions, is I follow Kevin Ioli on Twitter at Kevin I. But apparently there's been something that's happened in the Twitter world, Kevin Ioli, where I can't get you on Twitter. So I need to call Elon Musk if you're listening and watching First Strike. You get Kevin Ioli back on Twitter today because we need your expertise, my friend. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy. I got uh, booted off on uh, March 12th because of uh, authentication, uh, two-factor authentication issues. Let's just leave it at that. Oh. So I'm trying to get my account back, uh, talking to some of the Twitter support people. They're trying to help me, but so far, no, no go. Okay, we'll get Kevin back on there because, again, in all seriousness, if you are watching fights and you get Kevin's expertise, whether it's in boxing or MMA, I actually think it can be very profitable to follow you when you're ringside or octagon side watching fights, certainly for these fights that go the distance. We saw this at UFC 286. Kevin, I just want to get your thoughts on that because, look, I, I was profitable by taking Rocky Edwards. Part of my handicap was if it goes the distance, fighting in England Maybe the pops of the crowd, judges are human. You know this very well in both sports. Does that play into your handicap where the fights are? And if you've got hometown fighters, and I know Dana White, Sean Shelby, that's the way they like, they like to book a lot of these fighters from their, their hometowns. You know, I, I think it plays a little bit of a part, but I, I think sometimes, you know, fans look into that too much, right? And they, and they give it too much credence. And, uh, you know, I think if you went back over history and you said, hey, who are the hometown fighters and how did they do in fights that went to decision? I don't know that it's necessarily going to, mm. you know, reflect the fact that they did well. You know, and I'll say this, like my UFC 285 is a great example for me of some of the mistakes, Dave, I think that people make when they look at the judging. So I, I took a picture that I posted on Instagram at UFC 285, and immediately people were saying, oh, best seat in the house. You're so lucky. I would love to be there. <laughs> and, I, and I had a great seat. I was front row center. Uh, I could have reached out and grabbed the octagon. That's how close I was. The fighters walked past me, uh, right past me on the way back to their locker room. But once the fight started, you know, I, there was a there's a little ladder that sits there where the cameramen get on the ladder. So I had Jeff Patari, the UFC's photographer, the entire time standing right in front of me. He's got that the ESPN camera crews running around. And when the action's on the floor on my side of the cage, there's there's a guy holding the cables and a guy holding the camera. They're both standing in front of me. So a lot of times, you know, people will say, why aren't you watching the fights? Because they'll see me doing this. I'm looking at the scoreboard in the arena <laughs> yes. because I can't see direct 10 feet in front of me. And I think a lot of times what people don't realize with the judging, and there's a lot that goes into this, and I'm going to just make this short. Sometimes the referee's in front of you, or sometimes the fight is absolutely right in front of you. And when you're watching on TV, you see the cameras coming down over the octagon, giving you the absolute best view. And if a judge is on a specific side of the ring and maybe a fighter has his back to the cage and the other fighter's hitting him to the body, you can see that on TV. But you may not be able to see it when you're sitting right there and the referee and the fighters are blocking you from what's happening. So there's a lot of things that go into who is a good judge and who's a bad judge. And sometimes we don't think of some of those things. I, Kevin, I think it's an excellent point. I know from my Chicago days, uh, certainly when they'd have the big cards come to Chicago at the United Center and I'd be in those seats you're talking about and people think, well, did you see it differently? And I'm like, sometimes it's hard to see. And you do find yourself watching the monitor more than you are the action directly in front of you. So. Again, we're not trying to point out that, like, the judging. I know you think, you know, we, whether or not your ticket cashes, like on Roman Delice last week, right. sometimes the judges just don't get the same. You think they should have the best vantage point. We think they do. It's hard for us to determine exactly what they're seeing from our vantage point. So, again, just keep that in mind uh, before we start to get on these judges each and every week with some right. of these questionable calls. We think the main event, Kevin, at least it leads to it on, on, the, on the numbers that – more than likely, it might hit the cards here in San Antonio and go all five in the main event here between uh, Cheeto Vera and Corey Sanhagen. When you see that and you do see the bigger octagon there in San Antonio, we would think that would be the advantage to Sanhagen here as kind of the rangier fighter. But when you look at the, the, just the way they line up, 
they are pretty even. Yes, St. Hagen's three inches taller, but again, the reach actually goes to Vera. How do you see stylistically this fight playing out? Well, I'll tell you what. I, number one, I really love this fight, Dave. I think this fight could be one of the best of the year. We could be talking next year uh, in early January about this being the fight of the year for 2023. That's how good I think this fight can be, given the stylistic matchup. And I, I like Cheeto Vera in this. Mm. Uh, I'll go ahead and take the plus money, but I think he's on a roll the way he's fighting. He's got a lot of momentum going with him. Uh, the one thing that Corey Sandhagen said that I agree with is he said he thought Vera had the more power in the fight. Sandhagen said he had every other factor in his favor. I would not necessarily agree with that. I, I think it's a really close fight, uh, but I, I think Vera takes this. I think you'll see Vera using a lot of leg kicks. He's got a lot of momentum on his side, and I and I think that you know he, he is a guy that's still on his way up, where I think we may have seen Corey Sandhagen plateau. That doesn't mean that Corey's not capable of delivering a great performance, because I still think Corey is one of the top four or five bantamweights in the world. But I, I don't know that we've seen the peak of Marlon Ch Vera just yet. And I think the, the confidence that he's fighting with, the performance he had against Dominic Cruz mm. showed you a lot. Dominic Cruz is a guy you mentioned somebody moving around the cage. Nobody moves better than Dominic <laughs> Cruz. And look and look what Cheeto Vera did against him. So I like Cheeto Vera. I'll take the plus money on this, but I agree with you. I think this one will go to the cards. Yeah, you're right, though. It does feel like this is going to be Vera chasing San Hagen around, but he's done that against Frankie Edgar, against Dominic Cruz, two of the best movers we've ever seen in any weight class. And he was able to get both of those guys out. So I'm with you on that. It feels like and he throws a lot of kicks that he might get a catch a kick, right? right. Sanhagen throws a lot of kicks. So you catch a kick and now all of a sudden, you know, it's a different fight. Yeah. And we saw what happened to Sanhagen against Aljamain Sterling when he got caught there in a compromising position. Cheeto might be having exactly those plans as well. When I get to the co-main event here, and again, it's the Ageless Wonder and Holly Holmes still at 41. Take your pick, 145, 135. She's always right there. It feels like in that title contention. Uh, taking on uh, Yana Kunitskaya, now Yana Santos, after she got married. Uh, you look at this number here. She is a 240 betting favorite here for a Holly Holm. It feels like most people still believe that that's a, a good number on Holly Holm. Is that too inflated for your liking here, Kevin? Yeah. I think Holm wins the fight, but I don't want to lay 240 on her. And I guess I learned my lesson last week. I normally like to play underdogs, and last week I think I had four out of my five plays were favorites, <laughs> and all four favorites I had lost. So I had a terrible week last week, and I learned my lesson. I'm going to get away from those. I had Juliana Miller in the opening fight at minus 400, mm. and I thought she would walk all over uh, her opponent, which she did not, uh, um, Veronica Hardy. So yep. I was wrong there. With um, with Holly Holm, I just don't think she has that extra special thing that makes me say I'll be willing to lay uh, minus two forty. You know, I don't. I don't think Giannis Santos really has that either. But you're getting you know two to one if you play uh, Santos. So to me, this is a fight I would pass. But if I if I were to say who I think wins, I do think Holly Holm. Uh, her striking is better, and she'll win the fight. But I'm just not comfortable enough to lay that kind of money. And again, for the fight, it is juiced heavily that it does go uh, over two and a half rounds. Do you see any finishing potential? And if so, what would be that pathway? Yeah, I don't. I I don't. I think this is another fight that goes to the cards. Yeah. Dave, to be honest with you, um, you know, Holly has not been a great finisher. Yana certainly not. Uh, and, and they both seem they're, they're tough girls. They have good chins. Uh, they they've shown that they can take it. Um, so I, I think this would go the whole way. Uh, very quickly, because again, we're talking about venues being in San Antonio with Andrea Lee here. She is going to be uh, having that hometown crowd, or at least home state crowd, in her fight against Macy Barber. What do you make of Macy now? Again, and she's been steamed a little bit. This is getting closer and closer to $3, up to yeah. 275 on DraftKings. 
like, I, I get it. She should be the rightful favorite, but is that too big a favorite to you in a fight again that projects to go to the scorecards? I, I think Andrea Lee has really been disappointing. You know, she came into the UFC with a lot of hype, and I don't think she's really delivered that. And she, you know, now I think she's out there. She doesn't fight with the same passion that you saw before she got into the UFC. And if you look at what Macy Barber's done, you know, she had all this hype when she joined the UFC, mm -hmm. the greatest prospect ever, all this. I don't know that she's living up to that, but look at what she's done. Her only two losses, uh, one was to Alexa Grasso, now the champion. At the time, <laughs> some people were surprised by that. Maybe not so much surprise of it now. Roxanne Modafferi is the one that she lost that you maybe scratch her head against, but she's beaten Jessica I'm uh, Montana De La Rosa, Miranda Maverick, Jillian Robertson, J.J. Aldridge, some really, really good fighters, and I think a lot of those fighters are better than Andrea Lee. Uh, so I think I like Macy Barber in this spot, and I actually like Macy Barber perhaps to get a finish. Wow, I, I love that uh, breakdown. Very quickly, got about a minute to go, Kevin. Uh, again, after what we just saw at UFC 286, I want to put you on the spot if you're Sean Shelby and if you're Dana White. Should Colby Covington get the next title shot against Leon Edwards, or should it be Bilal Muhammad? I, you know, I don't I don't like uh, Colby Covington getting that title shot. He's already had a couple title shots. He hasn't fought in over a year. I, I say either go with uh, uh, Masvidal or uh, Bilal Muhammad. I, I think that there's other guys that deserve it more. All right, we'll see with that Gilbert Burns-Masvidal matchup. If Masvidal were to beat Burns, I think you're right on. There would be drama. Yeah, those two guys got a lot of history between Leon Edwards and Ori Masvidal. Get him back on Twitter, Elon Musk. There he is, Come Kevin Ioli. Come on. Follow him when he's back on there at Kevin I. Great stuff, as always. When we come back, we're going to have Nick Dias join us right here in studio. That's next here on First Strike on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rolling on this edition of First Strike here on Beeson Dave Rotson Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas, Nevada. And great to have a fellow New Yorker join us right here on the set. Nick Dayas, great to have you on. You can follow Nick as I do at Nick Dayas 10 and also the host and founder of the Veterans Minimum. I want you to tell the people what that is because it seems pretty interesting to me. And I love the way even during the break you explained it to me. Yeah, I like to call Veterans Minimum the best sports betting vibe on the Internet. 
It's very laid back. My friends and I come on the show. We talk betting, sports talk with some New York flavor to it. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. We like to have fun, give a little more entertainment to it. But we also, you know, to use the hip hop lingo, we drop some bars on the show okay. too. So you, you learn a lot from it. All right, you got to check it out. Veterans Minimum uh, with Nick. It sounds like a great vibe already. Uh, I do want to talk to you, obviously, uh, about this fight card because it's, it's interesting once you get through a big pay-per-view like UFC 286, Sometimes you exhale and you go, oh, whoa, mm. there's some pretty darn good and, and really consequential fights, certainly in the Bantamweight division here with the main event, uh, Corey Sanhagen uh, taking on Marlon Chito Vera. And so I understand why Sanhagen is the favorite at minus $1.70. My question is, it always feels like Cheeto is being undervalued. The guy that we always kind of say, well, yeah, he's good, he's tough, but is he really championship caliber? Where Sanhagen feels like he's always had that, yeah, yeah, he's just next. Do you think Cheeto is still being maybe undervalued in the betting market here? Oh, absolutely. And the way I would describe this fight is violence, violence, and more violence. <laughs> These are probably my two favorite 135ers on the planet right now. Mm -hmm. And it's two guys that are, might be the most unique strikers in their division. Uh, they both do a lot of the same things really, really well, where Cheeto probably packs more of a punch and more knockout power. Yeah. And Corey Sanhagen, the training out in Colorado, he has a huge gas tank. But it's funny, Dave, because Cheeto always gets outstruck in his fights, but he's basically the Justin Gaethje of 135, where that new <laughs> meme is going to start surfacing, where yeah. everyone's just going to look so bad and so cut up when they fight Cheeto. And in his fight against Rob Font, Rob Font outstruck him by significant strikes by um, like 70. Like but you, a never, you never would have guessed. So I really like this fight. I think it's fight of the year. I'm so happy that they moved it from the apex because these two deserve an actual crowd. Yeah. So this is going to be a banger of a fight. Well, moving it away from apex here in Las Vegas and moving it out to San Antonio, the cage is going to be bigger, right? So apex, a smaller one, normally would favor a wrestler, obviously, when you get in those closer confines. Does that factor in at all, Nick, to, to the way you think this fight goes? Are we hitting the cards for all five? And the distance that I'm sure Sanhagen would like, Vera probably wants to close that distance. Well, it was interesting listening to you talk prior mm -hmm. with one of the guests that came on about the judges. Yes. And I think one thing that's going to play out in this fight is how Vera, the look of Sanhagen at the end of this fight, Dave, is going to play a role in the decision. Because, yeah, the significant strikes might be for Corey Sanhagen, but Vera... Even if he gets taken down, one of the most active guys off his back, yeah. he throws elbows, he punches off the ground, and he's very, very dangerous. And I think Vera, it is a fight, that fight of the year, in my opinion, already. I think wow. we could just give it to them. It's going to be a five-round five round banger, and I love Vera on the decision here. Yeah, you and Kevin Ioli, uh, two guys now saying this could be the best fight on any card in the calendar year. That's how much uh, maybe sneaky good this fight could be. You mentioned the damage. And again, this gets into scoring. And again, I know it's been controversial subject. Certainly, uh, you know, I've been on the wrong side. I've been on the right side or the winning side, even if you didn't feel like that fight had deserved it. It is damage. That is su supposed to be a scoring criteria. So even if Sanhagen, let's say, outscores Vera 3-1, to one, if the bigger shots or at least the look of damage is being done by Vera, that is supposed to weigh heavy, heavier in the judges' scorecards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been time and time again fights where a guy has a 4-1 to one advantage on significant strikes in a round, but with 30 seconds left, he gets dropped. Right. And then it's always, you know, you throw 50 strikes at me, I throw 20, but one of my 20 drops you, cuts up your nose, it, it's that's all supposed subjective. to score. Right. Yeah. And so, again, it is subjective, people. That's what we're getting at. 
But I, I think that's where you could see Vera here with the numbers maybe not looking like they're in his favor. But to Nick's point, you get a couple of those knockdowns, and the judges are supposed to score that accordingly. Let's get to the co-main event here. Again, Holly Holm, ageless at, at 41 years young, in my eyes, uh, taking on Yana, Yana Kunitskaya, now Yana Santos after her marriage. But still, Yana Kunitskaya, from a back, from a uh, you know her background here, what we've seen so far at the age of 33, a lot of sample size, obviously, with both these fighters. Holm is a legend. She feels like maybe this is her last hurrah mm. at maybe winning or getting a title shot at 135 pounds. 240 feels big to me. Do you think she should be the rightful favorite over $2? Yeah, this is a fight that I'm definitely passing on, especially with the layoff after Yana Santos had a baby. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you should bet on every fight, and this is one where I might just load up on some popcorn and snacks before the main <laughs> event when we really get things going. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It, it, the number feels like it's it's a little bit mispriced here. I do think, again, home should be the favorite, but not over uh, as a $2, uh, 240 betting favorite right now as she tries to make one last hurrah here in the Bantamweight division. Uh, we talked a lot about it with our other experts about Macy Barber against Andrea Lee. Again, you know, Macy Barber, she had the knee problem. She's come back. She's healthy. She does have a couple of losses on her ledger. Lee is kind of the enigma that mm. you don't know exactly what she's going to get. Is this the type of fight where she bites down on the mouthpiece and let's go and give him three rounds of hell? Or... Let me try to take Macy down to the ground where she's been vulnerable in the past. So Macy Barber has a really interesting career in the UFC because her two losses that she's had, where she got a lot of heat, because anytime you come in, Dave, as the future, yeah. people are waiting for you to stumble, right? And she drops that uh, loss to Roxanne Modafferi mm -hmm. as a massive favorite. I remember being on the wrong side of that fight, but she also blows out her knee, so she has some adversity That's there. That's right. And then her other loss is to Alexa Grasso, which, talk <laughs> about a loss that has aged tremendously for yeah. her. And then she comes back, and I think you saw her deal with adversity once again because she's now rattled off three wins in a row, mm -hmm. and she is someone who, what Andrea Lee does well is what Macy Barber can combat. And to me, this is a fight where Barber is going to be able to get ahead, score points. I think she's more dangerous of the two. But Andrea Lee has only been finished one time, and it's by submission. And Macy Barber is more of a – she's a bully. Ground she and pound. Ground yep. and pound. So I would look at her by stoppage to be TKO or knockout. But heavily leaning towards this being a three-round decision for Macy Barber. All right, minus 275. So it has been bet up, but – to Nick's point, if you think Lee's toughness can at least get her through the three rounds, look at Barber via decision, and he can shorten that number greatly if you don't think there's going to be a finish. Uh, Nate Landwehr is certainly an interesting fighter to watch in the octagon uh, in his uh, UFC uh, fights of recent past against Austin Lingo here. Landwehr is a decided favorite at minus 230. It has come down a little bit here. What do you make of Nate here uh, as a $2.30 betting favorite? He's a tough guy to put out. Yeah. And you saw that in the David Onama fight yes. where, you know, he, he got finished three, four times in that first round. <laughs> and then he's able to withstand the pressure from a lot of these fighters early on. So he's a prime example of a guy that I'll fade early, but maybe maybe come in on a live bet if he drops that first round to Austin Lingo. I think that's something you can maybe get some more value on a minus 240 favorite, like you mentioned. Yeah. But for the most part, he's a guy who's very tough to put away. You need to be one of the more elite guys. And I don't think Austin Lingo is exactly that. We saw a couple of big ones last week, I, I believe, that closed even after the fights were over. And I'm looking at Roman Delice. I think he closed at a minus $6 betting favorite, and the decision didn't go his way. When you look at the live, live odds as they change, because I think you made an excellent point there about Landwehr, maybe you wait and see how this plays out. 
Are you influenced by where the numbers go or what your eyes are telling you? I'm a big eye test guy. And especially with the UFC, I've talked about this many times on my show, where it's the only sport, Dave, where public perception, public betting lines, mm -hmm. it doesn't really play a role for me. Where in the NFL, if you tell me that everyone's on the Dallas Cowboys, I'm probably going to look the other way. Smart. But when it comes to fighting, if it's the fighter that I think is going to win, that's the, that's the side that I go on. The lines can be a little misleading sometimes mm -hmm. because there are guys that tire out and they look great in round one or two, but then round three, they have nothing left. So to me, the lines don't mean that much. I got about 90 seconds to go with you, Nick, before I have to say goodbye on this edition of First Strike. But I mentioned Leon Edwards after getting that win uh, last week against Kamaru Usman. It, it, it has been said that he will fight Colby Covington. There are numbers that DraftKings already out for that fight. Leon has said, I'm not going to fight Colby Covington. Mm. I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. Edwards is a small favorite right now, minus 120. What do you make of that? Because it does feel like stylistically, that could be a fight that gives Edwards a lot of problems. Yeah, it could be. And Colby has been a guy who many have said, if it wasn't for Usman, he probably will be champion. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Leon now, he gets that championship rub. It was something Teddy Atlas had tweeted out, where mm -hmm. once you become a champion, you get 20 to 30% better. That's right? right. It's like the confidence. And I think Colby is a tough matchup for everyone. But I think the line is right, and I think it'll get wider as we get closer to whenever they announce that in favor of Leon. And again, we're not saying that that's the fight. That's the fight that Dana White says will be next. Leon is disputing that, and yet we know that Jorge Masvidal against Gilbert Burns, mm. that fight could go a long way if Masvidal, he's a big betting underdog, were to get that win. Maybe we'd see Masvidal against Leon Edwards. That, that's the fight that I think a lot of people want to see, but also Masvidal's on a three-fight losing streak. He's a three-to-one dog against Gilbert Burns, who, man, talk about a guy that's gotten a lot of respect over the years. Any time, any place, anybody. So it's going to be a tough out for Masvidal. Nick, great having you in the studio. It was a pleasure and an honor. I want to thank Nick Dayas. I want to thank uh, Kevin Ioli, Lou Finicaro, and Nick Kalikas. Enjoy, enjoy the fights, everybody. We'll see you next week here on First Strike. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.